interview listeners, your host Jill here with a quick reminder. This podcast is intended for personal development and informational purposes. Content shared should not replace traditional, medical, psychological, or veterinary care. The topics discussed on this show span intuitive and spiritual awareness for people and animals. I'm not a healthcare professional, nor do I give medical, psychological, or veterinary advice. This applies to all guests and co-hosts. Please seek the appropriate help if you need to. Thank you. Now, on to the show. Hello, inner you. Can you hear spirit calling? I'm Jill, and this is my artistically intuitive podcast, where all things spiritual, creatively mix and mingle. As an artistic mystic, we'll talk about everything from Reiki to writing, art to angels, and the psychic nudges only our soul knows. Thanks so much for joining me for another inspired conversation. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Jill, your host, and I'm a Reiki master, earth wisdom teacher, artist, and writer. Today, I have a really fun show for you. My guest is Lisa Rain, and she's a certified healing medium, psychic, and animal communicator. Lisa's passionate about honoring spirit and the integrity of sharing messages from the other side, and truly believes in the value of helping others and simply wants to be an ambassador for the spirit world. I'm just really excited to talk with her about this and a whole lot of other things. So please help me welcome to the show, Lisa Rain. Thank you for being with me today, Lisa. Oh, thanks, Jill. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here too. I just really like the way you work and the techniques that you use. But first, I would love to have you explain how you got into mediumship and a little bit about your backstory. So I was born this way, that's the best way to say it. When I was six years old, my grandmother on my dad's side passed away. And I remember on a really cold day, it was 50 below, watching her get buried and then coming home and seeing her sitting on my bed, thinking like, Oh my goodness, didn't we just bury you? Seeing her in a clairvoyant, objective way. And I didn't even know what these things meant. But my grandma was just there. And as a six-year-old, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, well, everybody must have that after their grandparents die. And every single day, she was with me. When I played Barbie dolls, she was there. I would say to my mom, who also was a medium, She's like, yeah, that's normal for grandma to be there. Unfortunately, my dad, he was so sad that his mom died, but I was happy and I couldn't really explain it to my dad. Hey, your, your mom's in my room. I can see her. At least you got validation from your mom that it was okay. A lot of kids don't have that. And they're told that's just your imagination. Did you feel this was normal? Yeah, I think if I didn't get that validation, I would have felt like something was wrong with me. 
I also had an imaginary friend, a girl the same age. I would go outside and play with her. And my mom was so accepting of it, like just went with it. Okay, you have this friend and really knew that I could see her, play with her. I was talking to her. Music boxes would go off on their own. Somebody was playing with my toys. It was a little bit hard at night, you know, to turn that off. I didn't really enjoy nighttime because I wanted... I kind of wanted it to stop, but I didn't know how to put the boundaries there. I would often go in my parents' room and just lay on the floor because I'm like, okay, I want it to turn off now. So that was, that was really hard. At the age of 10, I met my first mentor. She's amazing. Her name is Dr. Marilyn Rossner who still to this day I speak to, and she lives in Canada. And she explained to me a little bit more about my gift. And we sat in a a circle. And as we sat in that circle, I started coughing, just choking and coughing. And I had to go out into the hall as a 10-year-old. I'm like, what's going on here? So she followed me out and calmed me down and said, that spirit. You're connecting with a spirit. And I said, oh, okay. That That's how they died. They're trying to talk to you and explain evidence that that was how they left this world. That I didn't go into some type of panic mode. Because I had no idea. I'm only a 10-year-old. She was very important to me. And we continued to talk as the years went on. But I had different mentors as I grew up. Of course, I had my mom to ask questions to. And we lived in a very, I would say, haunted house. Lights would flicker, music would go on, voices would talk out of nowhere. I mean, for a lot of people, that's both intriguing and scary. Did you find it at all off-putting? No, I never felt scared. Because in the spirit world, I know they're always around us and that the dimension between here and there is so thin. They're just a thought away. It's in that love, compassionate energy. We're connecting, right? Absolutely. So my mom's mom was a medium, but she would never come out and talk about it because it was unacceptable in her day. She had a heart condition. I knew she was going to die, but you don't ever want that moment to come. And she came to see me and she said, Lisa, I'm leaving. And I said to her, no, no, you can't leave. Please don't leave. And so I ran to the hospital, up to the ICU, And she was still breathing, and I knew she was going to slip out of her body. And I said to her, let me be the one that takes you home. So I closed my eyes, and I took her hand as she slipped out of her body, and as they turned up the morphine so she didn't feel any pain. I think it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. And I walked her to the other side and I could only go so far. Literally, it was beautiful, like green grass, the colors and the flowers and the water. It was just unreal, the scenery. 
And I didn't get distracted because I wanted to remember every single moment. And that we were holding hands and I gave her hand to my grandfather. And I remember hearing a voice saying, no, it's not your time. And then feeling a shift in energy, like a push, and I went back. And I'm back, almost like an astral, like out-of-body experience. And she passed away. I saw her take my grandfather's hand. That's all I needed to know. I felt the divine love. I felt the spirit world all in one. As I gave her hand to my grandfather, that's when I heard the voice you can't go any farther. That's absolutely the most incredible story, Lisa. How amazing that you would even be able to do that. I'm I'm in awe. Did you actually then feel anything different when you came back, like a physical reaction to being so close to the other side and then coming back into your body? I felt peace and love. I didn't want to come back. I wanted to stay with her, but I knew that it wasn't my time letting go of her hand, like energetically and coming back to my earth body. It's so beautiful there. There's no words really describe what I saw. Could you talk about what it was like then growing up and wanting to be traditional, but then having to mesh your skills together with just everyday life? Did you see at a certain age that this was going to be a tricky lifestyle? I felt like I had to hide it from people. Like, you know, people would judge me or people would think I'm weird or that's not normal to see dead people. When I was a little girl, I could see objectively. So like clairvoyant then I could feel. So it's a lot of emotions. I could see an indent in my bed. Sometimes I could hear. So it'd shift different things all the time. So would you say that that's the link establishing with the spirit world, with how you receive information specific to your own abilities? Yeah, every medium so different and every reading is so different. As I've noticed with my faculties, they just continue to keep working differently based upon what you need versus what you want. So it's all what you need. I blend more and more with the spirit world and give evidence within the evidence because you can go on forever. That is in itself a reading. I can understand that because it sounds like you're also connecting with the person's emotions and energy along with the message that you're receiving. So it's like an all-in-one message. Yeah, so your guides and my guides are working together so that your loved one can get their message across. Everything happens for a reason. There might be something that you need to hear to help you carry on because remember mediumship is to uplift you after i've had a reading i feel brighter and lighter and i get little nuggets of information coming to me even later and it just kind of keeps unfolding you need to process the information after a reading think about it and take it all in and then if you need another reading that's okay but 
give it some time. Because then that makes all of the expectations fall away of what you thought you wanted to hear. And you actually integrate what you needed to hear and what they needed to say, which yeah. could conflict with what you think you should have heard. So they'd like to say what's happening right now, give you evidence. Like we saw you two days ago doing this, but also they like to say, we're going to be on a vacation with you. We see you planning it. So there's evidence that you know they're with you without a doubt. Also, there's shared memories. I would have no information about. They want you to remember the good times, not the last breath they took or how you missed their death. That's never, ever the case. And people carry around that grief. Oh, gosh, I should have been there when they did that. So they always want to make that clear from the other side. Don't take that with you. Give it back to me. Remember the good things about me, not the ending. I'm so much more. I think that in itself is probably the best message you could receive when you are having a reading. Which brings me to the question, I know these are all natural abilities you have, but you also have education within this field. Could you talk about your certifications and how you've expanded your natural abilities along with formal mediumship education? So I went to Arthur Finley College, Psychic Sciences, really a prestigious school in Stansted, England. And I've gone there twice. I've had over, gosh, five mentors. And I'm currently working with Tony Stockwell, who is an international medium. So I went to the college and I said, this is where I need to be. I signed up for everything I possibly could. So many mentors, I can't name them all, but they're just incredible tutors. And it gave me the discipline that I really needed so that I could sit in the power, which means when you sit in the power, you imagine this beautiful, bright light. And you have to do this exercise every single day because it's like any athlete. They need to do their workout. So we need to do our mental workout. So we can build our power so that we can strengthen it so we can make that connection with the other side. What we do is we link to the other world by raising our frequency and they lower theirs because they're really, really fast, right? So we have to raise ours up. When I sit in the power, I do it for five minutes a day. That's all it is. And it's a beautiful imagery that I do. I concentrate on breathing in and breathing out. So I breathe in and it's like a big breath of this bright light. And then I breathe out and it becomes bigger. So you can do it either way. It doesn't matter whatever your brain likes. And I do that for five minutes. So you're just doing an imagery of building this energy. And that's what you have to do in order to communicate, to connect with the other side. All it is, is just turning on a light bulb. It's just a thought away. That's how close they are. Our vehicle is the aura. 
So that's about eight to 10 inches away from you. That's how we make the perfect blend. We ask them, come friends, come family, come blend with us. We set our entombment and as we do that, they come and blend because we can feel the energy shift. Mediums know that. And that's where it all begins. And then we begin our session and we give evidence that life continues on. It evolves. That death is just the beginning. I love that imagery. I love how it's simple Mm -hmm. because again, we're talking about dropping the thoughts that they're so far away and we're so unable to do any connecting. Like this drops all of that. It drops all those notions, maybe the religion part. We don't deal with religion. We just deal with get rid of ego, put it to the side, that monkey mind, and surrender to the spirit world. So we kind of go in the subconscious and we do a shifting of energy. And that allows the spirit world to talk about a life lived, a life shared, and a life reunited. Can you describe your process and who comes through in a reading and how you sort all of that out as you're connecting with people on the other side? I start to feel and sense spirit right away as I sit in front of you. And I have to really be disciplined because I could have a mom and dad together and explain, okay, Jill, I have a mom and I have a dad. And then I kind of talk back and forth. And also I could have a brother, I could have a sister. So we have a collected soul family here, but not everyone can talk at the same time. We have to pick and choose who we're going to talk to and give boundaries, even to the spirit world, just like we do on earth. And we have to work with one spirit at a time. So in my Zoom readings, I do one spirit at a time. Sometimes if they're married, we can do them together. But I do get many souls because they get so excited to talk. You know, it's, it's like, wow, I'm the medium, but I'm always medium in the middle. I'm the vessel between two worlds. It's a very sacred thing that we're doing with mediumship and even with a psychic reading. So a psychic reading is living energy around you. And then a mediumship reading is dealing with intelligent energy. But psychic energy is the vehicle around you, the aura field. And I'm reading that. So using like psychometry. So looking at a picture and using my psychic ability to pull like a magnet off of it. But it's your whole story from the minute you're born until now. And I look at you and I can psychically tell you, oh, okay, physically, this is how you feel right now. Oh, in the past, we can go in the past and see how you felt. Are you a spiritual person? Not religious wise. And then emotional, what type of person are you? So are you an introvert? Are you someone that gets upset easily? All the different parts of a holistic approach 
doing a psychic reading. So you can do a psychic reading. You can do a mediumship reading. Can you combine those two readings? Usually what I do is if someone wants both, I separate them. So it's living energy, intelligent energy. That makes sense. Yeah. So you have to pick one or the other that you want to do for a session. And then you can always have both, but they're separated. Okay, so you also offer animal communication readings, which is one of my favorites. Could you explain how you do those readings and what your process is there? Yeah, so for um, a living pet, I always ask just for a name and a behavior. And I ask for a a close-up photo. And the reason for that is I meet with your pet energetically. So I introduce myself. I get down on their level and I find out what's going on in their environment. Why is your cat peeing all over the place? Or why is your dog barking all the time? Maybe there's a lot of stress going on in that house. And it could be that they're mirroring someone like the mom. The mom is under a lot of stress. She's traveling all the time. She's not home anymore. Now that dog is pretty upset and the behavior is changing. So in order to change that behavior, I have to talk to the dog and say, okay, what would make this situation easier? And we discuss it. And then I talk to you. We also Mm -hmm. go over like favorite toys, food, about a 45 minute time, like a link that I've made with them energetically and give you all that evidence. Now a pet no longer with us is a completely different type of reading. I normally suggest for that about an hour because it's very detailed. I also need a close up. I need their name. I don't need to know age or how they died. I need questions for your animal. So what would you want to say to your pet? Like, are you okay? Are you feeling sad? I mean, you can give me 50 questions and I can ask your pet all those things so that you know without a doubt that that's your pet. Do you also find, Lisa, that when you're doing animal communication readings, you'll see someone on the other end of the imaginary leash and pull people through as well? I usually see like an animal that's passed, they are with a family member. They want you to know they're not alone. They're with dad, grandpa, and continue to visit you. So I have a ferret and my husband never had an animal in his life. And our ferret continues to come to visit us. My husband will be on the computer and he's like, Toby's here. And he's not even a medium. (laughs) I I love that. And after an animal has passed, would you say they're here again when your current animal is picking up on it? Yeah, animals are super sensitive. They're empaths. So they will look up at the ceiling. They do see spirits all the time. They're very aware of spirits, of dogs, cats, whatever that might be. They're expressing it through how they're reacting in their body language. And you just have to notice it and pick up and go, oh, duh. It's a sign. It's a sign. It's just another moment. 
That said, how can you describe what heaven looks like? I know a lot of people want to know, okay, our loved ones go over to the other side. Our pets are there too. Yeah. What, what do they do over there? Do you have any indicators? So from what I've seen, they have jobs. They don't just sit around all day. When we cross over, sometimes some spirits will stay to bring comfort to their family members. But then afterwards, the funeral, they transition pretty much, I'd say one to two days at the most, because they have to, they have to move on, right? And they do get a video like in front of them, like a hologram of their entire life, every interpersonal relationship they ever had. And they sit down with five, six guides and they start to look at that. And energetically, they take personal responsibility and they need to learn about that. And they might accept it, they might not. And that takes a long time. There's no time there like there is on earth. So it feels like to us, wow, they've been gone a long time. For them, it's like a second. Imagine that you can have daylight all the time. Sometimes they want to have daylight in nighttime. They don't, they have a spirit body that's a replica of what they had on earth. Usually they go back to having a younger look, but you can have any look you want. When you come across to a medium, They give you the last look so that you can describe to your sitter what they looked like. So they were 78 when they passed away. They had wrinkles, but they don't look like that anymore. And when you peel away all of that, when they're ready, they're just pure energy, pure light. What about children? Do they grow up on the other side? Yeah, babies grow up. It's the same as an adult. They give evidence of a life lived. And they want their parents to live a life that's fulfilling. They don't want them to be sad. Like one child, his job is to be there when children cross over. And when a child comes over and maybe they are scared, maybe they just don't know where they are right away, and he comforts them. Everybody has a job energetically. Everybody is at a different level because of where they were in life. If they want to sit on a cloud and lick a lollipop, they can do that too. But <laughs> like, they're probably much more busy than that. Yeah, they're much more advanced. Think about you're evolving, constantly evolving. And a lot of people don't want to come back. Being on earth, Earth is the hardest place to be. It's school. It's a school of life. This is where we feel pain, physical pain, emotional pain. There's none of that there. There is a tapestry room where every life you've lived is a part of that. There's books you can read, a library. It's just infinity. Our earth brain can't even conceptualize what it's like to be there. I feel that. And I I know there's something more like either I'm remembering where I came from, but I know I'm comforted knowing this. 
and I'm thinking of my mom and she's like, okay, I'm going to throw the books off the shelf and I'm going to make myself known in your house. You're going to know I'm okay. (laughs) And she gave me this whole big picture of what she's going to do. And I told her, I said, you know what, mom, I don't think you're going to be able to do that because it takes a lot of energy. I don't think you're going to be able to throw books off my shelf, mom. She's like, oh, you wait, I I can do it all. But I knew that that's probably not even going to be on her agenda. When my grandma died, I couldn't stop crying. I was laying on a couch in my parents' room and she took pictures and threw them at me off a shelf. To kind of snap you out of it. Like it's done. Stop crying. I can't stand it anymore. And this is why you're doing this work to comfort those who are no longer with their loved ones, to be able to say, wait a second, there is a different version Mm -hmm. of of who they are now. And I'm going to share with you some things to help you find that closure you might need. And also maybe up level your own energy, drop all of the expectations of what you think all of this means. You're going to feel it. You're going to hear what you need to hear. Is there anything else that we haven't covered about mediumship you would like to share? So I do spiritual as well as I can do trans mediumship. The, the two differences are I was certified from the Spiritual National Union with an SH1, which means I do contact healing, I do distant healing, and absent healing. So what are they? You touch the shoulders of your patient, and from the divine, from the spirit world, you send energy. You are the vessel. You don't send your personal energy. As an intelligence, send energy through you. That's why it's called contact healing. Mm -hmm. Distant healing is, I do that over Zoom, and it's through thought and through prayer. And then you, again, are the vessel. And absent healing, I do every day. I just write people's names down that I know need healing. And through prayer, send them healing. And trance healing is where I go into a deeper state. It's much more concentrated, much deeper. And they can feel the shift in the energy because you're working with your own guide, your own team. You would do like a 20-minute treatment. Once you feel that you're coming out of it, they should feel it. I also do a body scan, so I really know where it's needed. But there's no words really shared because the healing is already done by my healing guide as well as theirs. Say, for example, they have stomach issues. So a GI doctor from the other side will come to work on them and will work with me, through me, and know what needs to be done because there's an intelligence there. That's incredible. So your offerings are vast. What you can do depends on what the person needs. The main thing is contacting you through your website, looking at your offerings, but then also having a conversation with you about what you might need, because you might think you need a straight reading, but then after speaking with your potential client, you might figure out they need something else. Is that true? Absolutely. Sometimes I've had a client psychic reading and then energetically I have spirit coming through and I'm like, well, we should really shift this to a medium reading. 
That's fascinating. Because again, the, the reason we're contacting mediums and people in the spiritual holistic field, something is knocking at our own back door to say, hey, hey, here's this person, contact them, talk with them, because we're needing something for ourselves, right? Oh, absolutely. We're all here to learn something. And if there's a lesson that you've come to learn, you'll see it repeatedly over and over again. Right. Might not come back right away, but then next week it's going to come back and you're like, oh, here it is again. What is my problem? Yeah, Yeah. I get that. A hundred percent get that. How can people again, reach you? And uh, if there's anything you'd like to share coming up or just in a nutshell, well, they can find me uh, at my website at heavenlysoulandspirit.com. I'm going to have in April a demonstration in Maquan. So just go to my media page. I'll be at Let's Celebrate. Also, I'll be on TV on the Morning Blend, May 2nd. That sounds really great. I wish you all the best of luck with everything that you're doing. And I just really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much, Jill. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. And if you can, rate, review, and follow the podcast. This helps others find Hello Inner You and helps me to continue offering quality content to enhance your spiritual journey. Also, if you want to learn more about me, go to hellownerU.com intuitive services for how to take a course, have a session, or check out the latest podcast updates. You can also reach me through ajilloriginal.com if you're interested in commissioning a hand-drawn pet portrait. Until next time, everybody, remember to drop your head to your heart and lead with love.